0: Welcome to Affiliate Buzz, the longest-running program on affiliate
1: marketing. James and Arlene Martell are here to inspire, inform, and motivate you with expert insight, interviews, and information that will increase your bottom line. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Now, please welcome James and Arlene.
2: Hi, it's James Martell here, and yes, welcome to edition number 460 of the Affiliate Buzz, where we've been keeping affiliates inspired, informed, and motivated to succeed with affiliate programs since way back in 2003. If you're joining us live here today on Cranberry Radio, it's great to have you with us. If you happen to be joining us through a podcast on your smartphone, tablet, computer, or Wi-Fi radio, a very special welcome to you as well. Arlene is away today, however, not to worry because I do have a very special guest joining us, Ryan Steumann, known as the Hardcore Closer, and we're going to be talking about becoming a more effective salesperson Uh, because I think you would agree no matter what we're trying to do, whether it be trying to convince our spouse for the development of your, your new shop out back or closing the next big deal. It's always about sales, whether online or off, in business or in your personal life. Knowing how to sell can make your life so much easier. Ryan is a four times best-selling author, motivational speaker, sales coach, podcast host, blogger, and the CEO and founder of Hardcore Closer and Break Free Academy. He's also a regular contributor to Forbes, Entrepreneur, Addicted to sell <laughs> Addicted to Success. Good Men Project, Lighter Side of Real Estate, Huffington Post, and more. Ryan, welcome to the Affiliate Buzz.
3: Hey, I'm excited to be here, James. Hey, first of all, 460 episodes ain't no joke. Man, congratulations on that. I mean, I I didn't realize that this was the longest-running affiliate podcast, but man, 2003, this might be the longest-running podcast, period. That is awesome, man. Well, thank
2: you, thank you, Ryan. It's uh, it's been a labor of love. Let's put it that way. It's uh, been a, it's it could been a continuous show of ours since we kicked it off and way back in two thousand three. So I appreciate that. Yeah, let's talk, talk about, about
3: sticking to something. I like it.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So on that topic, you've been in sales for a long time. Uh, you've been in sales since you were thirteen years old. What 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 do you like about sales? What drew you to sales?
3: Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I, I came from really a, a, a colorful, to say the least, background. I was adopted at age seven and, and uh, dropped out of school after the eighth grade and, and you know gotten a lot of trouble and everything else. And, and the one thing that's always been for, there for me was sales. As a matter of fact, when I quit school, I knew that if I just went and got a job in sales, then it was gonna be all right because I was like, well, you know what I know people that sell gym memberships that are making more than my teachers and you know I know how to I know how to sell stuff so I'll just go get a job in sales and I'll be all right and uh, you know later on in my teenager years I, I got in some trouble and end up going to jail and when I got out of jail, I knew the one thing that was gonna be there for me to help me get back on my feet uh, would be sales again, later in life I'd go through a divorce and the one thing that would Get me back on my feet again would be my ability to, uh, you know, close people into buying stuff from me. So it's, you know, I haven't been able to really rely on school or my parents growing up like a lot of traditional people do, and and I wasn't really uh, uh, an Ivy League kid or even a college kid or whatsoever growing up. So sales has been like the one thing that's always there for me, and that's why I'm passionate about it because it literally has saved my life multiple times.
2: Sales is it's one of those uh, and sales people are risk takers by, by, I think by their very nature and living on commission and living by the, you know, I guess by the the skin of your teeth, whether you make the sale or not, especially when you're getting started can really make a difference. So you're, you're either eating or you're not. So tell, take us back to the times when it wasn't maybe so easy for you.
3: Well, you know, uh, starting all over again is always hard for anybody. So, for example, when I got out of jail, you know, I had two years worth of stuff that I had to make up for. I was gone for two years, so I had two years worth of stuff that I had to make up for. I had to get used to getting back to, into society and everything else. But, you know, I, I've always been the top producer everywhere i worked. I've never had like a rough period or a slump uh, or anything like that uh, other than, you know, going through a divorce or something like that. I've, I've always been Uh, The top producer everywhere I've been and and I I think it's just natural for me. I mean, I've obviously done a lot of uh, educating on top of that, but I've always just had this natural ability to connect with people and a lot of that comes from when I was 13 to the age 19. I washed cars. And sometimes we would wash a 1,000 cars in a day, and, and I sold the car washes. So when someone would come in, they might want a $10 wash, and it's my job to talk them into a $12 wash or whatever. And, you know, sometimes when you do something a 1,000 times a day for nine years, you get a lot of experience, right? So, and it, I f- discovered that it was just as easy, and this is something a lot of salespeople don't understand uh, even today, but I, figured it was, I discovered it was just as easy selling $12 car washes as it was $1.2 million mortgages. The same things were involved. The same trigger was involved. The same buying patterns were involved. And so uh, when I moved away from car washes onto mortgages, it wasn't much different. Matter of fact, it, uh, people were actually more excited about getting a new house than they were washing a car. So it's actually easier.
2: When we, uh, in our industry, so the affiliate marketing space is basically consists of our listeners as much as we love them because they're very much like us. uh, They're affiliates who earn their living by referring or selling other people's products in in lieu of a commission. There's also those who have their own products and services out there who get paid when somebody purchases those products and services. And then of course there's the agencies and those who take care of clients who are either on the phone with them all day or they're in the field working with them one-on-one. And as you said, it's easy to sell a small ticket item. Your my word uh, to something that's even larger. But you also mentioned that it's basically a paraphrase. But you know what's involved in the sale. Like what when you you, you notice when it took the same thing to sell a twelve dollar car wash as it did to sell a one point two million dollar mortgage.
3: Take us through that a little bit. Well, you know, there's the same things that always happen, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what you sell. The same things are always going to happen. You're going to get the same resistance. You're going to get. Uh, I don't have the money. I wasn't prepared to do with that. Uh, not today. You know, like you're going to get the typical responses. So when I, when I sold car washes, if we were washing a thousand cars in a day, and we had ten hours in a day to do that, that's a hundred cars an hour. That's less than a minute to pitch every car that's coming through there. So I had to already know these resistance signals up front when they come in. I know they're gonna tell me they, they just want the $10 car wash. I've gotta be armed and prepared with something to come back at that really quick. And at the car wash, one of the things that, that also went down was it was an assembly line. You know, they vacuumed one in, then they sprayed it, then they washed it, then they dried it off. It was like an assembly line. So I had learned, you know, the sales part, then the assembly line part. Well, when I moved into mortgages, I, I, you know, I I ended up mapping out my mortgage business the same way into an assembly line fashion, which made it work really well, but I got the same resistance, right? People say, oh, wow, $1.2 million, that that payment price is a little more than we were willing to pay, or that interest rates rate was more than we were willing to pay, or you know what, we're going to have to look at the next house, or like there was the same exact Resistance signals is just instead of $2, it might be a couple of hundred thousand, but the same buying temptation, the same buying desires and stuff like that were there. So I started, you know, uh, one of the things that I encourage a lot of salespeople are all the salespeople that work with me, but everybody needs to do this. And one of the things that's helped me with a lot of uh, the the resistance and objections I've got is I've written down the top 20 objections that I've got at every job I've ever had. And then the rebuttal to those objections so that I know that stuff going in. I know that, and no matter what I go sell, if I leave all this today, I'm going to get, I need to talk to my spouse. I need to pray about it. I need to get more money. It's too expensive. I don't see the value. I'm not ready to make a move yet. And so on and So forth. You're going to get the usual suspects. Well, every day when I went into my mortgage business, I would study that list of objections and the rebuttals, and I just got used to it every single day into the mortgage business until it was just as easy to pitch somebody as it was in the car wash business. So So you can't can't pitch somebody a mortgage in in like you know 45 seconds. So that's just impossible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So
2: so when you've identified these objectives, actually, let's do this. I can see we're up against the break. let's let's do this let's let's take a quick break uh, I'm here of course with uh, four times best-selling author Ryan Steumann, uh CEO and founder of hardcore closer and break for Academy and when we get back I want to dig into that a little bit more I want to dig into the top 20 objections how you handle them and how you probably possibly handle them some of them before they even come up we'll do that and more right after the break
1: more affiliate buzz coming up after we hear from our sponsors is your website hacked Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E-Digital.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, where affiliate marketing gets its buzz and mobile has its presence. Cranberry Radio, online, anytime at cranberry.fm.
2: Time now to hear some more affiliate buzz. Here's James and Arlene. Arlene is away today. However, I'm here with Ryan Steumann, CEO and founder of Hardcore Closer and the Break Free Academy. And we're talking about becoming a more effective salesperson. Now, Ryan, just a quick little story on my end. Uh, typically, for the last nearly 20 years, I've been working online. Once in a while, doing offline sales for maybe a product service we, we offer in-house here, and we happen to know somebody locally, but generally, everything's been online. Uh, however, last summer, uh, a buddy of mine started a whale-watching business uh, in the White Rock area just out of Vancouver, and he wanted me to give him a hand to kind of organize his Outside sales, which is something I haven't done for a long time. And before the break, he talked about identifying the 20 objections uh, uh, and studying that list and, and coming up with the answers for that. And one of the things I did with him is I went out and I stood at his booth and just listened to people come up and ask him questions. And it didn't take long to realize that they only had about 10 questions. And they're always the same every time and the same, same objections. Are there whales out there? will we see whales what if we don't see whales all that type of thing but learning those objections helped me put together the presentation so that when they did come up to the booth some of those things were already dealt with before they even came up what's take take us a little bit more into your area where you're talking about uh, you know identifying those objections
3: well, so the next step after you d- identify the objections and you write down the rebuttals to them, and we actually have uh, something called closer cards. It's, uh, well, they'll be out here in the next couple of uh, weeks, probably. Uh, well, we've already had them designed and stuff like that. Well, we've made like flashcards for salespeople. Cool. And uh, for just that, and we've written down the first 10 objections to where, you know, they, they can fall right into it. But what I like to do in, in like, and in what my sales team does when somebody calls them or somebody becomes a lead is they might say you know oh hey James I'm glad that you became a lead what part of the what part of the world are you in and you might say oh I'm from Vancouver they're like awesome we've got two clients that are already out in Vancouver that are killing it right now so we know that you're in the right market the right place and that it works for for your stuff. And so that's like within the first 30 seconds of the call, we've already eliminated the, do you have anybody in my area that does it? Will it work for me? And is it good in my market objections? Those are done. We'll never, we'll never hear from those throughout the whole conversation. And we've fixed that within the first 30 seconds of the conversation. And it feels like just like a, an easy free flowing conversation. It doesn't feel like we're handling objections.
2: And I think that's so important. Uh, I, I i have some salespeople that work for me and sometimes i listen to them and they don't even sound confident they, they are confident i think they're confidence they most of the time come across as being confident but i try i mean how important is it just to be natural and have a good quality conversation with somebody where they're not feeling like they're being sold all the time
3: yeah and that's really important especially in today's world of social media you know if uh there's plenty of people that are spammy and needy and and come across wrong and all that stuff and you can't do that in today's world of social media, you may not be able to get a uh, a sale today, but you know you're you're connected to people that may last years. I'm doing you know deals right now with people that have been following me for three or four years, and uh, that's just kind of the part of social media you can't you can't give up, but you also can't overstep. Your bounds, And if you look desperate online or in print, and I know a lot of your people are online, but I mean, if you look desperate online and you're doing like usual suspect stuff, then, you know, people aren't going to reach out to you because nobody wants to give somebody money that looks like they need it. And, and so what I'm saying is if you look like you need this sale or your kids won't eat, then people are like, you must be a horrible salesperson. I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to do business with them. Uh, but if you look like you've helped every single client achieve their goal ever in the history of your business, then people are attracted to that. But but there's something about human nature. If you look like you need it, we ain't trying to give it to you. I don't know what it is about us, but that's just how it works. (laughs) You know, with uh, you mentioned car washes, uh, $10 to $12 car wash. Who doesn't love
2: to get their car washed? I do. Uh, Getting a mortgage because you're getting a brand new house, who doesn't like to do that? I do. Uh, One thing that I've always – found kind of interesting is when somebody tells me i'm scared to ask for the sale i'm scared to you know to to close the sale at the end Uh, i always think people like to spend money i love you like spending money i like spending money i there's hardly a person well i know a few that are really stingy but generally speaking people love to spend their money
3: it's very true i mean i just bought eight tickets for my closest friends to go to joe rogan tomorrow night I mean, you know, you make money, you like to spend it. And, uh, and then the next day we'll go watch the UFC fights uh, from behind the ring. So, yeah, absolutely. You make money, you like to spend it. Uh, I think the reason why people don't ask for the sale, James, I think it's real simple. I think that they don't feel like they've earned the right to ask you know, a confident salesperson that knows he's done his job. He knows he has the answer. He knows he's handled your resistance. He has no problem asking for the business because that's the only logical next step in the relationship to make. However, the salesperson that knows that they didn't answer your questions to the fullest, they know that they fumbled around and kind of gave you some BS answers. They know that they were maybe late to the meeting and, and didn't walk you through the whole thing and just assumed, you know, a bunch of stuff. Those are the people that are scared to ask for the sale because they don't act like they don't, they don't feel internally like they deserve it. Now that's, usually a subconscious thing right they don't that's not like the forefront their conscious minds going dude you didn't handle that you uh you don't deserve the business but the subconscious knows right just like uh it's like lottery winners you know if they get they win all this money and they blow it because their subconscious knows they didn't work hard for it so they don't deserve it it's the same thing with salespeople. no difference there
2: so which actually leads perfectly into my next question because when you're when you're going to sit with a client, what's what's your process? Because, of course, there's always a little bit of investigation that needs to be done up front. And then I find that I, I like to do my first interview with them, depending on what I'm selling, whether it's online or off, is is to really figure out what they need. And then, but then I, in my world, then we disappear for a day or two and make sure that we get back to them. Or um, one of my things that I do is I never leave a presentation without setting up the next meeting. And, but that gives me a chance to go back in. And then I, I do a lot of prep work to get ready. So, because I think we, because of what you just said, I want to feel confident that when I go in there, I can actually really help them. And uh, so, in your in, in in your experience, you got a ton more than me. How important it is? How important is it to uh, you know, to really get prepared and, and figure out what your client really needs?
3: Well, there's this prescription-based selling that we do, right? That's our formula. We call it Catch. It's uh, it's in our sales training programs and stuff like that. And I have this ology that I say all the time. I say, he who speaks the least earns the most. And so you're you're onto something, James. Like when you go into a sales conversation, it's your job to ask questions and identify what's wrong with them, so you can prescribe a solution. That's where that prescription based selling comes from. Most salespeople think you got to be like a slick talking, fast walking mo- mover shaker. You got to be quick with the words. You don't. Matter of fact. That'll hurt you as a salesperson in today's society, uh, because what you need in order for uh, someone to make a buying decision besides value and everything else, what you need is them to uh, feel that you have empathy for them, not sympathy, but empathy that you understand their situation. Therefore, when you make that prescription to them. Uh, they are more likely to accept that prescription. In other words, if you go to the doctor, he asks you a bunch of questions. Where's it hurt? What's it feel like? How's it do it when you swallow? Then he says, Well, have you had this? Have you had this? He's he's trying to find out every piece of data that he knows. That way, when the doctor makes the prescription, it's the right thing that helps you get better, it helps your problem go away. And doctors are the coldest closers on the planet. Let's just <laughs> be real. Their their takeaway closes, well, you could die. Right, I mean, that's like the coldest clothes on the planet. Like, if I was armed with that clothes, I would be lethal. It's like, ah, oh, you know, you don't buy this, you can die. <laughs> and, but, but if you think about it, they are like the true professionals that are the best salespeople out there. But they're not even positioned or see themselves as a salesperson. And so that's what. But they're seen as experts who prescribe a resolution to a problem. And so that's where the way that we position ourselves. The first thing is, you know, I told you we give that social proof. There's somebody in your area, in your place, making money using our systems. And then the next thing you do, I do, is I ask them questions. And I ask them open ended questions, like, okay, so what made you decide to reach out? Okay, what kind of help are you looking for? I don't load their lips. I don't give them decisions to make. I don't say, do you want help in sales or marketing? I'm just like, what kind of help are you looking for? Very vague and open-ended questions because, again, he who speaks the least makes the most. So I want them talking the most because I'm the one that wants to make the sale. And so – and plus, when they've told me their problem, then they have a better chance of being like, well, Stumann understands my problem. I told him everything about it, and surely he's got empathy towards me, and this is the right solution. And that's when sales become easy, and oftentimes you don't even have to ask for the sale. They're like, so can you help me?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so brilliant. Now, now I'm here with Ryan Steumann, CEO and founder of the Hardcore Closer. Uh, sorry, CEO and founder of Hardcore Closer and the Break Free Academy. And when we return, I'm going to ask Ryan to uh, share his thoughts on what is the upside of learning to become a great salesperson. And we'll also learn a little bit more about Ryan's offering and uh, things that he can do to help us all further. We'll do that right after the break. More affiliate buzz coming up after we hear from our sponsors.
1: How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash founder Circle.
0: Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day.
1: Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at
0: MPP.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP.
1: Online anytime. This is Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm.
2: Time now to hear some more affiliate buzz. Here's James and Arlene. Arlene's way today. However, I'm here with Ryan Stuman, CEO and founder of Hardcore Closer. And we're talking about becoming a more effective salesperson. Now, Ryan, in your experience, uh, in your own personal life and working with, uh, with your clients and students, what is the upside? What are some of the upsides of becoming a great salesperson?
3: Well, like I said, sales has been there for me my entire life. So the upside is, you know, making a lot of money. And the truth is everybody wants to know a salesperson, but they want to feel like they know a salesperson. Like people that know me know I got to hook up on everything. Like literally I'm going with movie stars to Joe Rogan tomorrow night. Then we'll go backstage at the UFC. And it's all because I know people. And, and most salesmen are that way. Cause we're doing business with the public. We're selling them cars. We're selling them houses. We're selling them recreational things. Uh, we're selling them jewelry. We're selling them jets. Like and so salespeople and then uh, most of us are connected. We know another salesperson because we're big time networkers and stuff like that. So people want a salesperson they can trust. And when, you know, a lot of people when like right now, there's literally hundreds of thousands of people that when someone's like, hey, you know what? I'm th- Do you know anybody who sells this? They're like, I bet my friend Ryan does. You know, I bet the hardcore closer knows somebody who sells that that he could hook you up with. And everybody wants to feel like they have a salesperson that they can trust. The problem is finding one you can trust is awfully a scary road for many people that are on the outside.
2: Absolutely true. And, uh, and for sometimes unfortunate reasons. What? Uh,
3: yeah.
2: Tell us about your programs. You've mentioned and uh, you've alluded to it a couple of times through our, our discussion today. What, what, what books and resources do you have available for, uh, for our listeners uh, to maybe go take a peek at and maybe get involved with?
3: Yeah, the the thing I'd best uh tell your audience since we talked about sales, the best thing you can do is get a copy of my book. I'll send you a paperback copy of my book uh for free. Just go to elevator to the top.com. You got to buy your own stamps and envelope, but uh I'll send you the book for free. Again, you can go to elevator to the top.com. That book is everything that you need to know. Uh, whether it's your first day in sales or whether you're about to retire. I give you scripts. I give you tactics. I give you marketing ploys, ways to get around certain objections. I give you resistance, uh, ways to overcome resistance, uh, ways to invest your commission check, ways to get uh, a team on board with you, ways to leverage against management. Like that book is literally the sales Bible. It has everything you need from the beginning to the end of the revelations that you'll have. So uh, I would just go to elevator to the top Dot com and uh, grab a free paperback copy of the book there. I think we got probably maybe five or six hundred left, so there should still be a few left for for your folks here.
2: Terrific, appreciate that a lot. Any final thoughts to uh, you know encourage uh, those in sales, whether they've been around a while uh, or maybe just getting started, to get them to the next level?
3: Yeah, the 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 objection handling exercise that I just gave you, write down the common objections that you get. And then write down the rebuttals to those objections. So if they say, I need to talk to my wife, let's get her on the phone. And does your wife know that you're here? Like the usual things and memorize that stuff so that you become comfortable and confident in it. So that when you walk up to the cell and they give you resistance, you're totally comfortable handling it. Which makes the prospect feel like you've handled this situation before, which leads them either deeper into the understanding that you have empathy for them and the more likely they are to close with you.
2: And you mentioned that you're working on some rebuttal cards. You said those will be ready in the next few weeks. Where would they learn more about those uh, uh, when they're done?
3: Yeah, so within the next couple of weeks, just mark your calendars. That two weeks out to check CloserCards.com. That's CloserCards.com. And, uh, and you can get the first pack for free over there. Uh, we'll have the site and everything up. It's just a, a matter of waiting for them to get all printed up because we're ordering several thousand to uh, to get started and give away to everybody. So closercards.com, those will be available in a couple weeks.
2: That's great. And then just quickly, your the five books you've written, Hardcore Closer, uh, where would they find a copy of
3: that? Uh, so everything's on Amazon. So I've got five books, uh, hardcore closer, kick-ass, take name, email addresses and phone numbers, bulletproof business elevator to the top. And, uh, and then we have another one called fuck your excuses. I don't know <laughs> if I can say that on here or not, but, um, but so those are the five books that we have. They're different. Each one of them has got a different subject. None of the stories overlap, but you can get them all on Amazon.
2: That's terrific. That's terrific. Ryan, I can see we're at a time. Uh, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to join us today and uh, sharing your experiences, sharing your 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 knowledge on sales, and just uh, generally hanging
3: out. Hey, I'm excited to be here. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, you know, uh, I've never been on a radio show that had commercials, but I wrote down everything that I heard on those commercials. I feel like I need to buy it all, especially the medical marijuana. I'm just saying, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I literally wrote down the numbers to all those people. It's like this is these are awesome advertisements. I'm all in. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>
2: Uh, So again, thanks. Pleasure to have you on board. Uh, Keep in mind that if there's anything uh, Ryan mentioned here today that you missed and he covered a lot of ground or would like to review uh, what he shared with us today, that we do take all the notes for you, including links to everything mentioned here today. And you can always find the show notes for this episode at jamesmartelcom forward slash AB460. A final reminder that if you'd like to be alerted each week to new episodes, I invite you to subscribe to The Affiliate Buzz by sending a blank email to affiliate underscore buzz at aweber.com. Ryan, thanks again. And to our listeners, thanks for listening to another edition of The Affiliate Buzz.
1: The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcast or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited.
0: Hopefully, this is the last time you hear this ad. With Chime Checking Account, features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts, or at least grab an extra latte. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. That's chime.com slash goals 24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the BankCorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com/disclosures for details. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient.